Hey everybody, when you hear the title in town of Chicago and not me singing and not Frank Sinatra singing, you know it's time for on the lighter side of baseball. And again, we're joined by my buddy in Milwaukee today, Craig Kishan, who brightens this show up at least once a week. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I don't know about any brightening because as of us uh, recording this today, there's snow flurries in Milwaukee and it's May 8th, right? Crazy. Cool. Crazy. That's more than crazy, but you got a roof over Miller, soon to be American Family <laughs> Park. Right. Like, yeah, it doesn't two. matter. Just go inside and turn the heat up. Yeah. Do they let you inside the ballpark since you're a celebrity? Uh, you know, um, I haven't tried it only because I know that nobody except for uh, the president of the club is allowed inside at this point. So I, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure my key card would work, but I'm not going to go there right now. I'm, I'm applying to the rules. <laughs> That's probably smart. Uh, yeah. It would be fun to kind of get a glimpse of, uh, you know, probably looks like they're ready to, to play ball. I can't imagine much changing with the uh, condition of the field, I guess. the. I would imagine it's in the best shape of its life, you know, at this time of year in the month of May because no one's played on it. So, and the roof has been open. I mean, we've had, we've had, uh, the weather up here hasn't been really, really warm, but we've had um, the right doses of rain and, and some good amount of sunshine. So, um, I don't think the roof has been probably closed for two months, I'm imagining that they're trying to let as much sun in there as possible for when they start playing. Cause like at this point, it's, it sure seems like players may be returning to their home cities to start their spring training 2.0, whenever that happens. And, and so they'll be, they'll be on that field quite a bit before they actually even start playing games. If, if they do, if they go that route. So, but it's, you know, driving by any ballpark is good, isn't it? I, I'm sure you're, you know, you go by the complex over in Kansas City and people just probably drive by Wrigley Field when they can. I mean, sometimes you just got to get out and take a little trip somewhere and see some things you're familiar with. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, I'd rather see Wrigley Field than uh, Kauffman Stadium, but uh, the NFL schedule came out and the, the Chiefs lead off on September 10th against the uh, – Texans and uh, you know I think the NFL is bound and determined to, to play come hell or high water with or without fans and I think that's going to have some residual effect with Major League Baseball I think they're going to see the golf guys get going then they're going to hear the NFL's planning to play and uh, I think the uh, MLB is going to say well we're not going to a be outdone by the NFL and b leave the two billion bucks on the table or whatever the rights are but uh, I, I think, uh, you know, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. You know, it sure seems that way. And, and we've talked about this, you know, a few times about um, will somebody get going with their, you know, with their leap forward to try to get their sport back in gear and what it, what it would mean to the country and everything. But, I, I mean, it's just, it's just returning to some sort of business as normal. And, and I, I think it's great, you know, the – you know, look, the NFL caught a caught a big break with uh, with the timing of all of this. It really didn't disrupt anything that they couldn't manage, and they haven't lost really probably any money yet because of it. Um, you know, they still had their draft. Uh, they still had their big night yesterday announcing their schedule. They can still say, as of right now, it's on course, um, and they already started giving direction on how clubs are going to go about with the opening of their facilities again. And right now they can take it really slow because it's May and they're saying no players can report yet. 50% of employees can come back to the building, you know, with a, with a cap of 75 people for right now. And so that, that's good. That's a good step and a good measure. And, you know, like I said, they, they've caught a break by this, I think. And, if everything times out well, you know, maybe, maybe they scale back a little bit on their training camps and, and the exhibition season or whatever, but um, ho hopefully, really hopefully, 
that they can stay on course with their schedule and it won't get pushed back. There's been some talk, you know, October 1st or whatever, but I hope it stays. Well, I think as a true Bear fan, I'm hoping it gets postponed for a year or two and <laughs> come up with a quarterback in the draft. Okay, so here's the thing. You said last time that we talked that we were too negative, and I'm trying to be positive. You are. I'm telling you the NFL's back, and I got Mr. Angry Bear over on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you look at Patrick Mahomes and you look at uh, Trubisky, you go, oh, my, how can that guy still have a job? But he managed to draft as like 35th tight end. So I think we're going to have a good year up at Soldier Field. No, I'm, I, I tell you what, is, uh, you are correct. You're correct in your, uh, in your memory of uh, last week. We thought that um, it couldn't get any grumpier on the side of baseball and no side of baseball. And, uh, you know, I just think that, um, man, after <laughs> – and again, after watching somebody, first of all, I'm going to watch, and I'm talking about Korean baseball. And then finally, people kept telling me that I had to go watch this. And so I did. And it's a joke. I mean, now, I know your position is like 99% of everybody's position, and that is, hey, the country needs it. I want to hear it on the radio. I want to see it. But... Um, this Korean, I mean, they've got mascots uh, in, in masks and cheerleaders and no fans. So tell me what's going on. And then the baseball is double A at best. And with the ESPN guys are doing the broadcast from, uh, I think, Eduardo Perez is in uh, uh, the Florida Keys. <laughs> and, um, it's like, okay, this is a this everybody's going this is what american baseball could look like and i'm going okay but yeah i think it's going to happen no matter how upbeat i am about it not happening well it's going to it's there's no way there's going to be fans in the at the very beginning because yeah. because they're they're they've already delayed everything for 2 months or more now and by the time they get going at best before july 1st we all the thing about it is we're all expecting this to happen now. So it's not going to be any shock. That's for sure. Yeah. That's going to be the good part. But I also think that each stadium and each club is going to do a little something different in their ballpark to, to mix it up a little bit is, you know, why not pump in some fan noise if it's a one, one game at the bottom of the ninth inning, or why not pump in some fan noise when, you know, your your team is up and you're in a save situation with your pitcher coming in. I mean, I know the fans aren't going to be there at the start, but it doesn't mean you can't – you still can't do some gimmicky things. And, you know, I, I guess the bottom line is as long as it's uh, wrapped nicely for television, it's, you know, it's going to be all fans have for, for this point, I guess. Yeah, um, I, th I like the fake noise thing. We talked about that a little bit last week, you know, like a football team preparing for the Chiefs and they play all this noise so that the quarterback can figure out how to audible. Right, um, right. ESPN seems to have a, a little bit of uh, murmur going on in their uh, production of Korean baseball. And so I think that um, you got to have some – you can't do it the way the Baltimore Orioles did it with just dead silence, I don't think. But um, No, that was strange. That was strange, strange. And, and unfortunate, that's for sure. But, um, yeah. and you know, I think the other thing, too, is, um, you know, putting the – there has been strong talk about having announcers and all of us broadcasters in a studio, and and we would be broadcasting and calling the game off of the – off of our monitor, the same thing you're seeing at home. And that might be a slight advantage to the viewers because we won't be able to talk about what's in the ballpark necessarily that they can't see um, or little nuances that we can't show for some reason. It, it might work out to be a little bit advantage at first, but, you know, bottom line is they're doing it if that happens for a, for a health safety standard, trying to have as few people actually in the ballpark. So plus when it's, when it's that empty and you're up in the press box calling the game, people can hear you. I mean, the players be able to, to hear you down on the field, your call and all that. So I don't know. There's, it's an awkward situation no matter what. Well, I think 
you have uh, triggered a point in my mind. I think that if you're broadcasting from a monitor, so can I. I mean, we can have the guest of the week call in a game and at the, you know, I, they can compare my broadcast to yours or to Ukes and uh, see who wins. I think that'd be great, <laughs> you know, and wave that without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. To hell with that. I'm going to. I'm gonna I want to know how long that'll last on your uh, on your post. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pirate the feed, and on the lighter side of baseball, it's going to be nothing but a broadcast of the uh, Cubs playing the White Sox day in and day out. Hey, where is – what's your idea or what are you hearing about? Is spring training going to happen at the home ballparks? Is that what you're hearing? It seems to me that that's the way they're leaning right now. Um, I, I don't think the players want to uh, return to their sp- – I mean, here's the thing. Uh, for Cubs and Brewers players and Royals players, the, the three teams we talk most about there, a lot of those players are, are in Phoenix. That's their off-season home. So they're there. What they don't want to do is um, be forced to leave their home right down the street from their spring training ballpark and then being – um, sequestered in a team hotel for three weeks and then have to pack up and then go to Milwaukee, Kansas City, and Chicago to start a season. They, they'd rather get their in-season homes in those three respective cities, go there, and then train at the ballpark for whatever extended period of time in the morning. Uh, pitchers and catchers would report probably – almost ASAP when they lift this and get a head start. And then, you know, the hitters and position players, whatever would show up, you know, maybe a week after that, cause they'd need less work. And, and so that's what they're talking about doing right now. So they're not, they're going to be, it would be more of an isolation in their home city than it would be a big, you know, half of half of the players in the league, isolating you know within isolation in phoenix and wherever in florida so um that's you know and that's a i think from what i understand that's a player preference right now just when it comes down to convenience and and again you know jamie we talked about this there's there's the psychological factor in all of this and and i brought this up you know a month ago how important and how much they're going to be dialing into this when we actually get going again. I don't think it's going to be the physical health of the players as much as it's going to be the psychological health of the players and, and how they, how they handle this stuff. So that's one way, you know, the players have a chance right now for, they have a say in what's happening. And I think that's what they want to do. So a couple things you're saying, Spring training at Miller Park versus Maryville for the Brewers. Is that what Correct. you're Correct. Yeah. And um, you're talking about the, uh, you know, the return to the home park and get situated, and that way they don't have to uh, isolate in some hotel that wasn't planning to open but goes ahead and opens for the benefit of the ballplayers or however they do it. I still yep. think that they're the major hurdle um, is going to be with the Players Association and. Uh, a number of the players. Uh, uh, to me, uh, until there's a vaccine uh, or a therapy that, that really works, these guys are really, uh, I think, guinea pigs. It's like, hey, there's sharks in the water, but I think if we only go up to our knees, they probably won't attack us. There's this virus out there, and I think they're, like I read McHugh, who used to pitch for the Astros and signed with the Red Sox right before they shut the deal down, said, hey, I, I want an opt-out provision so that I don't have to go if I don't want to go. And how, yeah, how that's going to happen. Like, I'm going to pitch a, you know, a perfect game in the Brewers opener. They're not going to – they're not going to – the union, however they go, it's going to be solid, I think. If, if not, then the whole thing's a joke. If Verlander can say, you know what, uh, give me a year, let me be a free agent, and you don't have to pay me, and I'll come back next year, see you. Um, I think a lot of guys are are uh, feeling they don't want to go back. Well, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but I, you know, you can only hope it's really not going to come down to that. Um, 
you know, I, I really, that, that's a tough one to, to speak on. I mean, or to try to evaluate on because certainly that's, that's not my point of view. And I, I think certainly everybody has a responsibility for their, for their job to some former extent. And, you know, these guys have a responsibility to, if, if it's time to go back to work, it's time to go back to work. So, you know, I mean, that, that's part of the push right now, obviously, but I, I just can't imagine, you know, a player basically saying I'm sitting this one out. I I just, I don't know. It's a crazy, it's a crazy thought, but what hasn't been a crazy thought in the last six or seven or eight weeks, you know, I mean, anything's out there and that's part of the problem right now because there's no, there's no true way to make this right from the beginning. You just gotta, you just kind of somehow have to dive into it. Well, I mean, there are enough, it's going to be interesting to see in three weeks what, what the statistics do, because with all these people going back, you know, out into the, into the world and it has to happen sometime, you know, is it going to flatten out, go down or go up? If it goes up, well, oops. If it goes down, great. See, we told you so. But, uh, you know, it's like a coal miner going into the coal mine and uh, they don't give them any, uh, anything to protect himself from. I, I think the players uh, in any sport that starts up again are, um, you know, guinea pigs. And hopefully it works out good because selfishly I want to turn on the TV and see um, – you know, Mike Trout as opposed to Heap uh, um, Sop Choi or somebody. But, um, you know, I did notice that Matt Williams is managing one of the teams in Korea. How about that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, well, there's hey. a few American connections to, uh, to that league right now. We, we've got a guy, Tyler Saladino. Absolutely. Off I, saw him, I saw he batted today, and, and despite the glowing remarks by Eduardo Perez, he uh, – chased an outside slider and popped weakly to center field. Well, we've seen a few of those too. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't he with the White Sox for a while? Yes. Yeah. I think the White Sox let him go a couple of years ago and the Brewers snatched him up and it's, it's, you know, it it was clearly one of those moves that he had options. He was available and we had some issues with uh, middle infield, especially. And then they tried to, put him in the outfield a couple of times and that didn't work out. So not every bun's versatile, not quite like that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's weird, but um, hey, we're going to take yeah, it. Is, it's it's kind of crazy to watch what's, what's happening right now and what they can, you know, what major league baseball can take or not take out of, out of this. But you know what? I guarantee you every sports league is watching each other when the doors start opening for comebacks like this to see how it's going and how it's working and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of internal connections between, you know, the Korean Baseball League right now and in Major League Baseball and, and even the NBA and NHL over here just trying to figure out how to get back and how they're doing it and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's only so many ways you can go about doing this. And the first thing is, is showing up as safely as possible. But, you, you know, you're showing up to play. And we've got, we've got one thing going on anyway, so. We'll see. I want to see. Uh, I want to see Ryan Braun out in left field with a mask on. I think that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'll tell we're you, gonna, man, we're I, gonna. I, I, we're okay, gonna... now here, here's an interesting one for Mass. All right, I'm trying to figure this one out. I got a, I got an email uh, yesterday from the uh, salon that I go to that I get my hair cut. They've been shut down, and they're hoping to open up on May 26 when the uh, state deadline or fine governors proposed uh, somehow opens up and and lets certain uh, small businesses back to work. Right. Well, they had a very detailed um, criteria for returning, and and one was you it was a must that you wear a mask. And I'm trying to I'm trying to think how this is going to go with a haircut, where you've got a strap around the back of your head and you've got a cloth mask over your face and if you can imagine how much hair I have on my head right now is going to wind up on my mask through my mask and in my mouth and she's going to miss the whole back band of my hair so I I'm gonna I'm probably gonna walk out of there with a with a ring a one inch ring of hair circled around the back of my head 
I can hardly wait for this to happen. I know, Jamie, you don't have those worries, do you? I don't. I go to Archie for 20 bucks. <laughs> you, you're sitting back there going, what the hell is he even talking about? No, I mean, I'm looking at the picture that comes up on, on the Zoom deal uh, of your forehead, and I'm wondering, what's he worrying about hair flying around for? <laughs> <laughs> that forehead's covered up right now. It's got so much hair climbing uh, from the backside. Good. When you said you're going to your salon, I'm going, what is he go Where is this one going? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to see. I don't, have my, I don't have my fingernails done. I don't go that far. I wonder how she's going to cut your hair from six feet away. That'd yeah, no good. kidding. And we're going to break the uh, Wisconsin rules by uh, heading up to Land O'Lakes, Wisconsin, three days or four days before the. Uh, you know, they put the dead, the, the stay at home until the day after Memorial Day. I know. Obviously, ridiculous. Man, Just yeah, ridiculous. It's, it's, it, but I have confidence <clears throat> in your Chief Justice of your Supreme Court to overrule the uh, governor here any day now. That was well, I, every time I check my phone, I'm like, why hasn't this decision been made yet? You know, where, you know, how long does it take? Too funny. Well, We'll see. Let's take a break and give our uh, sponsors a chance to uh, sell some items now that, that were hot. Papa Kino's is under construction, and uh, Kansas opens up, I think, next week in, in honor of my birthday. So hold on. We'll be right back. Let me see if I can do this. All right. So Craig Kashan is back on the lighter side of baseball. Craig's on the lighter side of baseball. I, as usual, am grumpy, optimistic, is gone. Craig's optimistic. Hey. I did a podcast with um, a guy named Eric Nadell, and it took me a long time to pronounce his name correctly, but he has been the radio voice and sometimes the television voice of the Texas Rangers for 41 years. Can you believe that? Well, that's impressive stuff right there. What's even more impressive is I'd never heard of the guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of a baseball <laughs> fan, and... He not only has been there 41 years, he's in the Hall of Fame. He won the Ford Frick Award in 2014. He has all these charitable deals that he combines music, baseball, and food with. And, uh, you know, he's a genuinely good guy. He'd written three, four books before the podcast. He's so organized, he sent me his latest book called, um, you know, he writes limericks. Uh, clean limericks and his first name's Eric. So it's, uh, it's like Eric Ricks or Limericks or Limerick or something. Let me hold on. In all fairness. In all fairness, let's get this right. I'm going to get it right because uh, there's something if I can ever find it and I will before, uh, before too much time goes by, but he was great. He was great. And uh, first guy that, I've ever had on the show that, that has a podcast, but he had a quote from Ron Washington, the former manager on the back. He had, you know, Joe Buck saying what a great book it was, blah, blah, blah. Ron Washington goes, you know, I'm more into sonnets than limericks. <laughs> going, that is, I'd like to talk to Ron Washington about, about sonnets. How funny. But anyway, this week we have, somebody who I'm sure you covered for many, many moons, and that's Doug Davis. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 So Dougie Davis was a, was a good dude. He was, um, he was on the Brewers during our, during our down years, unfortunately, but um, he was a good dude and a good friend of Davies. And, um, and I, I'm not sure what he's up to right now. That'll be fun to listen to, to find out and, and to, uh, and to catch up and stuff. What, what is he up to? Is he in Phoenix? He, no, he lives, he's got a ranch out in Oregon, I think. I'll, I'll know more after I talk to him, but I think he's got, uh, uh, you know, his wife, Chantel, they've got their two kids, and I think he's got a ranch. I think uh, he's, he's ranching, whatever a rancher does. I don't know if he raises cattle or just kind of sits out. I mean, I don't know. We're going to find out. And, um, you know, I looked at the, the roster of those years he was with, the uh, crew. How did you have down years with him and Sheets? And uh, there were a couple other starters that were really, really good. No bullpen, I guess. Well, I'm trying to think what, uh, 
what his year span was if he was on that 2008 playoff team and pretty much all the starting pitchers by September 1st were, were hurt, worn out, or ineffective, except for CC Sabathia, of course, pitched every third day for, I think, four straight starts. So you imagine, you imagine one guy making four starts in a 12-day span or whatever, whatever the math is on that. That's yeah. incredible. Um, Early win. I can't remember if he was on that. He probably was on that on that pitching staff then, and and by you know end of August, you know Sheeter was done. He was, you know, and the problem is some of these guys still pitched, and you know they were they were getting rattled in the first inning or two, and you know that was part of that uh, downfall that led to that horrible stretch of losses and, and blowing the big lead and Ned Yost getting fired with, you know, less than two weeks to go in the regular season with a playoff contender, all that bizarre stuff. Oh, he's going to have some great stories for you. I, I can hardly wait for this one now. I'm ramping it up for you. There I'm you ramping go. it up. He, he was on the Brewers 04, 05, 06, and 07. I'm looking okay. at his baseball card. And so he wasn't on that 08 team. So he was on the, he was on the 07 team that actually got to – 500 and ended like 20 some years of losing records or something like that um so man see we was, remember stuff like that when we don't win world series up here well so. and i'll tell you when and i and doug's a great guy and and i got to know him in st croix at one of one of nelly's events but um he, he would not get you to dinner on time i mean he was a, he was another rain delay dude like hargrove uh, human Randall. I mean, he would, oh, take, yeah. he would take a long time. Bob Howery would take a long time. A lot of these guys need to get more like uh, Mark Burley and less like whatever, but I'm going to, you know, I don't think he's probably going to get into the Ned Yost heroes, but I would love to, uh, as you know, anybody that fired Dave Nelson is an enemy of mine. And that would include Ned, uh, Larusa and, uh, Grover. And, and I got to be careful because I had a podcast with Jeff Newman, and of course, he and Hargrove are good friends, so I avoided that. I, I'm no Stephen A. Smith. I even, with Grimsley, I didn't really get into, how could you do that? Blah, blah, blah. So, let's see, in addition, we'll go over the week. In addition to uh, Doug on Monday, I've got number two with John Wathen, who I love. He's just a great guy and fun to talk about the Royals with. And then uh, on Thursday of the return of Bobby Denier, Bobby loved it so much he wants to do it again. So uh, dang, we're, we're just hopping here on, on the lighter side of baseball, man. You you may you may not uh, need me as filler material anymore to get from well, these good I, guests to good guests. If I keep going over this lineup, your invoice is going to go from a dollar to five dollars. <laughs> hey, right now I'll take what I can get. Trust me. <laughs> I am good for it. I am good for it. What I, another thing I was wondering about is, are they going to have exhibition games or are they just going to start the season? Now that one I have not heard. Um, I, I quite frankly would not be surprised if they just started the season, if they just did, you know, uh, an AB team, you know, scrimmage of some kind and then got going. I don't think they want to waste a lot of time. I think they just want to get, you know, players, especially they just want to get their pitchers going and um, and get them dialed in as quickly as possibly. But but also knowing that their pitching staff's probably going to have 20 guys on it, you know, or pretty close to it. So, I mean, can't you don't you think that it's going to be a 35 man roster and and they're going to go with a tremendous amount of pitchers, really, because I can't imagine starting pitchers after only three weeks, two or three weeks of trying to get in a, into game shape and stuff and get their arms strong and accurate that they're, they're going to go more than three or four innings for the first, you know, few starts. So, um, One idea. I, I don't know. It's, I, I just don't see them, you know, traveling around and playing exhibition games against other teams right now. Well, I think if they all go to their home stadiums <clears> – <throat> Of course, who's going to want to go to Cook County right now and play the White Sox or the Cubs? I mean, that's, that's – Yeah, but it won't be until June, though. I mean, the weather will be better in June. These guys aren't going to show up in May. 
Wait, this, is, still, this is a better June weather thing. in Chicago at Wrigley in June. When did that happen? <laughs> you will have one good day of practice for your beloved Cubs, and that's all they need. Oh, They'll be God. fine. Too funny. Too funny. Yeah, I think the, you know, the idea that I had a long time ago, and I'm sure it wasn't novel, and that is that, uh, like in September, you can have a your 40-man roster, but every series – like football, you have to post your 25 guys that are going to play or now 26. I think, you know, somebody was saying, well, they need scouting reports, so they need a definitive uh, uh, number of guys that they have scouting reports on for the uh, analytics department to earn their money. So I think that even though guys are going to go three or four innings, they, they they may jump it to 30 for a while, you can have all sorts of deals. They're talking about robotic umpires. Now, will the statistics count? If uh, Mike Trout hits 35 home runs, does that go into the record book, or is it like a barnstorming with the Negro Leagues? No, I think everyone, I think when they play, it's, it's going to be an on-the-record season with you know, basically the note saying they only played X number of games that season. So and you know how it is, though, Jamie. They – they just put it in a formula and they say per 162 or whatever the true average games played for a player is, whatever the minimum at-bats would have to be, they just prorate all that stuff. Yeah. It's going in the books. They're going to have a World Series. It's going in the books as a World Series no matter what the playoff format will be like. And uh, You heard it here on the letter side of baseball. And, uh, you know, I think you're right. I think there's too much money involved. Some, there'll, there'll be a World Series. I'm looking forward to 2021 when the uh, Cubs and the Brewers play each other in the NLCS. I think that'll be good. And other than that, I'm not, you know, it'll be fun to watch, but um, the lighter side of baseball will cover it. You know, it's funny. We've had a lot more podcasts without baseball than we did with baseball. Kind of weird. <laughs> See, and, and people are, look, at you're getting, you're getting new listeners by the dozens, They're by the hundreds. Yeah, well, it's going to cost me a lot of papacinos to buy all ten listeners a piece of uh, pizza, but I can. So, do what it. what's the contract with papacinos right now? Because you're, I think you're mentioning their name a lot during this during this podcast, and I wonder if they're getting if you're getting you know flip some cash per mention. Here's the deal: if for every time I mention papacinos, I pay him ten dollars. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, euchre on the other hand. You know, he reads uh, six lines about, um, you know, using her sausage or however you pronounce it, and he probably makes a thousand bucks. I have to pay money, and I'm looking for a few new sponsors. But, you know, if I knew how to do Facebook a little better, somebody sent me a note and asked if they could, um, if they could sync the podcast to their LinkedIn. They're in some business, and I go, I guess I don't really follow LinkedIn, but that, that, and, um, if I can get people to, uh, put it on their Twitter account, I mean, I'm going to have, uh, uh, sponsorship that's going to maybe double, which would be two. I just don't know who that other one would be. Although Papakino <laughs> also owns Mr. Euros. So there you go. Um, yeah. Well, you can fun. have a, you can have a contract now for, for all of these, uh, the, the series of restaurants. If I only knew a lawyer. The, um, yeah. the the most important thing is uh, it's entertaining me greatly, and it's fun to talk baseball, and especially with you. You broke the sad news to me that the Hall of Fame ceremony is canceled. Ooh, yeah. That hurts. That does hurt. I was woefully disappointed by that. I think that, to me, was the – because when is it? The end of July, usually, yeah. right? Right. Um, gosh, to be that, that far out and, and, and to cancel, I don't know. It's just, um, when I texted that to you, it was kind of the final thing to me of, you know, every, every event seems to be canceled through at least August. And it just keeps reminding me of how important it is for these very few pro sports leagues to get going it's the last round of entertainment right now that 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 we're all waiting 
to get going again. Not, you know, concerts and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be, man, when they're canceling 4th of July fireworks, you got to be kidding me. I, that, that kind of stuff, I just don't understand. I mean, we're not in an arena for that. We're not in a stadium for that. Well, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to figure stuff out, and I just don't think some of these event planners are. It's almost like panic to me, but you know, not my territory either. Well, and they canceled the Summer Olympics, but apparently nobody told Bryce Harper because he was lobbying yesterday to get to the uh, Summer Olympics to grow the sport of baseball, and spoken like a guy who every two weeks goes to the post office and picks up his $2 million check from the, uh, whatever team he's on the Joe Giardi coached Philadelphia Phillies. You know, yeah. I yeah. still have, uh, no love for either Harper or Machado and it's good when Harper surfaces so I can rip on him just for a little bit. He's Absolutely. probably a great, guy. a great guy. I mean, everybody I rip on, I don't know. So it's not like, I. <laughs> And that's your category. I, so I found the I book, Limerick. Anybody, it's only because I don't know them. <laughs> Limerick. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm not going to rip on people I know. And I love I love the broadcasters <laughs> in Milwaukee for the most part. Uh, Limerick, L-I-M-Eric by Eric Nadell. And um, here's that quote from, from Ron Washington. I'm more of a sonnet man myself. But these are very good. They are kind of funny. He's got one for every team, and it's illustrated by somebody great. I recommend it. And here, here's the, this guy. Um, when the Rangers got Ruben Sierra, he figured that he was missing out on a lot of getting to know guys to improve his broadcast. So he um, started to speak take on Spanish instruction and now speaks so fluently in Spanish that when he was inducted and when he did his hall of fame speech, he did half of it in Spanish. I mean, wow. that's pretty impressive. That's really impressive. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to, um, it's tough to do. It's tough to take on, you know, the other side of the world, if you will. I mean, and it's, that's the language obviously. And um, that's really impressive stuff. Dedication, love, Passion. Totally. He jumped into it. Not only uh, did he get to the point where he would uh, go and do an inning for the uh, the uh, Latin broadcast of the Rangers and give that broadcaster a chance to you know go to the go to the press box cafeteria, and uh, then he went over to the Dominican. He went over to Porter. I mean, he, it's uh, you know I always wanted to be a broadcaster, and I really didn't do anything to to achieve that. You've worked your tail off. Um, Eric Nadell has done the same thing, but I, you know, I think he goes that extra length to, to speak Spanish. There's so many Latinos that are playing the, the game that, uh, that, you know, that's cool. Enough of, uh, of, uh, Limerick, great Limericks, but, um, I don't know. I think the, uh, the fact that Kenny Harrelson won't be able to give his speech at the hall of fame doesn't, I mean, I'll wait for next year. I do think that, um, you know, next year, I'm trying to think, uh, that could be Bonds and Clemens. How about that? I, not that I believe they'll get in, but if they did, that would be a ceremony you'd want to go here. Boy, wouldn't that be something? And and what's that going to be like with, well, y- you know, uh, you're, you mentioned uh, Hawk. Um, you know, Ted Simmons is kind of near and dear to our hearts here in Milwaukee. Um, because he was the, the, the catcher and, and played DH for the back end of his career um, to get the team kind of turned over in the early 80s to get to the playoff of the World Series and stuff and uh, was a coach here for a while in the system. And um, a great he's a throwback. And, and here's a guy that, that really should have been in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, long ago. Um, to wait another year, you know, I just, you know, the first thing that I thought was some of these guys, none of these guys are very few are very young and mm-hmm. I would hate to see something happen to them between now and a full year from now that they couldn't be there in person. You right. know what I mean? Oh, I, I totally. think it would be just a, a, just a, 
travesty if that were to happen, especially for the guys that are that are up there in age right now, and and uh, you just don't know. But um, you know, hopefully it'll all be good. And I'll tell you right now, if if they're going to combine next year's and this year's together all for 2021, you better you better pack for a week because <laughs> those speeches and and the ceremony, my goodness, it's going to go on and on and on, right? Yeah, uh, no better place to spend a week than Cooperstown, New York, during the induction ceremony. And I, I, you know, I, I agree with you. And I just want to say that my negativity is apparently contagious. Uh, you kind of got off your positive, optimistic view with that, with that death uh, uh, concern. <laughs> I no, I think, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> reference death. But, yeah, I just <laughs> don't gonna, want them to be sick. I, I think they're going to all uh, survive. And I, you know, I looked at the list and there's not a lot of guys that, you know, they may not have a lot of guys that make it for the new class for next year. You've got Kurt Schilling, who kind of plays to a different crowd. I think Omar Vizquel deserves to be in. And uh, then you've got Clemens and Bonds hanging around. So, you know, it's always interesting, but man, there's just, there's no better place. Although I do want to, uh, try some of these other museums we talked about, like Yogi Berra's museum, Bob Feller's got a museum. You were talking about the, uh, um, newspaper hall of fame. There's a yeah. mustard hall of fame. I really want to go to the mustard hall of fame, man, because when you think of using your sausages and, uh, and Bob Euchre, you got to think of uh, the secret. I don't like the secret sauce. I'm sorry, Bud Zulik. I love you. Mustard. Don't like the secret stadium I, sauce. No, I don't. I like French's mustard yellow. Oh my God. Okay. I'm not that. sure. I'm not sure you're going to be allowed back into, into Miller park, into our, into our spot without, I'm going to send you a case of secret stadium sauce and you will like it. Uh, I'll tell you what, I will gleefully eat it. And that gives me an idea. I think maybe we'll get uh, Rick Abramson from, if he's still, uh, I think he's still with us, who is with volume, not volume. God, I hate volume services. He's with, um, Oh, the good guys that you have doing your concessions and, uh, it's from Delaware North company, but it's the, oh, yeah. their subsidy sports service. I knew my old 70 year old mind would get to those guys are great. And Abramson, uh, ran the Omaha cons- you know, he was kind of the big wig from Buffalo. He'd come down and, and, uh, you know, they didn't have computers back then. So he checked the cups to make sure that he had enough money for every cup that was missing. And, he made sure that there weren't any extra buns from the hot dogs. I mean, it was amazing how these guys did it. And of course, his founder of sports service, Louis Jacobs, was the guy called the godfather of sports because he loaned all these guys money back when they didn't have any money. But uh, I, I segued again. I, I apologize. What the, what are your plans for the uh, rest hey, of the, rest I, of the I week? Wanted to, I just wanted to insert, because you brought up the uh, the Mustard Museum, which is – not far from where I live outside of Madison. You've never been there before? No, and you and I are going to go there, and we're, you're going <laughs> to take me over to Spotted Cowland, too. I'll buy Yes, it. that is. They're, they're in opposite directions of my house, but they're not, it's not like a day trip. They're just must trips. So, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, the guy at the Mustard Museum, I I'm, I'm, forgot his name off the top of my head, but uh, he, he has written some baseball books, too. And I'm trying to think as I, as, I, as I look up here, the mustard museum is good and it's going to make you, it's going to make you hus- uh, hungry and you can try the mustards. Uh, you know, they have pretzels to dip and all that kind of stuff, but they really need to, we need to go there and bring our grill and get some, get some brats going is what we need to do. You are reading my mind. I was going to say, since they won't let me watch any baseball games, I've offered you, Eric Nadell and Dwayne Stassi opportunity for free employment. Let me tag along. And, uh, you know, since I won't be at a ballpark, I'll have plenty of time to tour um, all the spots in Wisconsin on your off days. And I will bring a grill and Johnsonville brats. <laughs> that's yes. That's yes. Birthday dinner right there. So we've got, we've got, uh, they're claiming they have uh, 5,300 mustards from more than 60 countries. And I, I would say that's probably accurate. Uh, and they do have, <clears throat> this is a funny little story uh, for people who either like or dislike their in-laws. I like my, my yeah. father-in-law, 
Um, but for those who don't like their father-in-laws, for some reason, you may get a kick out of this. So we took him to the Mustard Museum, and it used to be in Mount Horb, and then they have since moved it over to Middleton, Wisconsin, not far. And, um, you know, he's kind of a, a little showboater sometimes. He likes to say, you know, give me the hot stuff. And they had a kid working there, couldn't have been more than 19 years old, and you could tell it was pretty much just a job for him. He was helping people sample mustards, but didn't have a whole lot of knowledge of these mustards. So he said, what's your hottest mustard? And he said, well, I think it's called an Inferno. And the, the kid found the, the Inferno and my father-in-law tasted a very small sample because it came in a small jar. So obviously he didn't need much of this. I am not kidding you. His face turned white. His eyeballs ran spinning in his head. And he basically lost his heartbeat for like 45 minutes. Like we're like, do you have a pulse? He had to sit down. This went on for almost an hour. And he kept saying, I'm okay. I'm fine. But he had the Inferno and he insisted on tasting it. And it was, it was a, just a hilarious thing because he survived it, thankfully. But um, don't go to the Mustard Museum or any museum and ask somebody who doesn't know what the hottest mustard's really all about if you should be sampling it. But it was fun. It was a well, fun your, day. Your description of your father-in-law's face reminded me of another museum, another Hall of Fame just down the road. And that's, the, I think, the Clown Hall of Fame is somewhere around. Uh, uh, it's probably in Baraboo. Baraboo, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm afraid of clowns now. I don't know if I can go there. One of the great one of the great towns in America, Baraboo, home Baraboo. of uh, I can't remember. We used to have to go there for for meetings. And uh, anyway, uh, enough of that. But yeah, mustard, brats, and baseball. I'm, I'm I think I like the food better than anything else. But uh, hopefully, we'll have some baseball. I'm going to share your optimism. I'm going to change course. I'm going to say. Bring it on, no matter what we've got, I'll be in favor of it. And uh, I know a lot of my buddies are missing uh, box scores. Some of us old guys love box scores, and uh, I like to keep scores. So, I mean, if I'm on the same – if I'm viewing the same game as uh, from a location as uh, uh, you are now, this uh, – the Rangers guy said that what he was hearing was they'd be able to broadcast home games, but if they were away games – um, he thought that they'd be doing those from the studio. I don't know if that's exactly what you said. Well, that's, that's actually a proposal as well. Uh, I, I've heard that as well. So, um, so, that, so what would happen there is that eliminates travel for your broadcast team, I guess. Um, it doesn't mean that they're not doing the games. I think that's where they would be. They'd wind up in a in a studio watching a monitor. So, yeah. and calling a game from there. But and of um, course, as I said before, I can do that and, and I'll be more than happy to do that. And, and uh, there won't be any, any agreement anybody needs to sign in terms of getting my, uh, <laughs> my description of the game. But um, we have to make sure though, that um, you're not watching it on that, that old square RCA <laughs> console that you, you kept from 1972. Speaking of that, do you know that, <clears throat> and this is the first time, and as a great White Sox fan from the 50s, I just watched the highlights of the 59 World Series on some YouTube deal. And I'm telling you what, those guys could hit every bit as good as anybody now. Nellie Fox just murdered the ball. Klazuski, Landis, I'm telling you what, they had a great first game. They lost the series uh, uh, four games to two, and, of course, Koufax, Drysdale, Padres, Larry Sherry, blah, blah, blah. But, man, I love it. I love the 59, those 59 White Sox, as you know. But until uh, – so Mother's Day, I guess we'll skip a podcast and uh, go back to, our, back to our 17th of May deal, if I can live that long without talking to you. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you'll be calling me again on the, on the 14th, 13th, 12th. <laughs> Your birthday's at 12. I think we're getting in between. As we get closer to baseball, we're going to both get more more excited. You, uh, for a good reason, me, just because I need to get excited. So, 
Well, we need to have a rule that uh, we, if something dramatic does happen as far as decisions or step one or step two, we can certainly talk about that. Oh, I like that. Kind of we interrupt yeah. this broadcast, this podcast, because we've got breaking news. I like that. It's it's going to be called breaking news, and we're gonna we're gonna get um, your uh, high production sound team to come up with a, a nice breaking news type jingle. Yeah. And Frank Sinatra may have to take a week off or an episode off from those, but that would be that would be my suggestion. See, oh, we're building this thing from from the ground up. Yeah, this is good. Hard to improve on perfection, but it's going to even get better on the, <laughs> the lighter side of baseball. I can't, I can't wait. And I think this entire podcast I've gone without calling it the wrong name. <laughs> so let me keep reminding me that I say the lighter side of sports, and that's another podcast that we'll have a different day. But all right, man, I'm going to put you out of your misery. You're a good man. Send me your invoices. They'll go totally untouched, and uh, we'll do it again. Either, that was fun. Either a week from Sunday or uh, when breaking news happens. I think, I think I'm up for the breaking news. Oh, I, think, I think something's going to turn here. I agree. I think we'll both be, uh, we'll both be pleasantly surprised with Manfred and um, – Tony, the players union guy. And, Clark. Yeah, Tony Clark. Everybody will get together. Kumbaya over two billion bucks and we'll be off to the races. Love it. Love it. All right, man. Lighter side of baseball for Craig Kashan, my weekly partner, my buddy. And uh, Nelly's just laughing his butt off up there, you know? Uh, Darn right he is. Because, man, that's why I used to talk to you. How come you're talking to him all the time? <laughs> I feel honored and privileged. So for another week, Jamie Retsky and Craig Kishan saying have a safe time, have a good time, and uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, news on baseball when we pick it up again. So for us both, everybody, be good, be safe, and be happy. Be happy.